This podcast is sponsored by Fireball Whiskey UK and Vocal Zone Throat Pastels UK. Mm, nice. Well, essentially, we will tear apart your throat with alcohol, but then we'll repair it for the stage the next day. Oh, oh, that's very kind of us. Yeah, well, we, we do try and provide a service here on Real Life Rockstars Podcast. Hi there. Hi, that's Mike over there. Hello. And I'm Dan. Over there. I'm, and I am over here, yes. So hello. And we are all together. <laughs> the Real Life Rockstars Podcast. Yes, that's us. Sometimes known as the Mike James Rock Show. Well, no, that's what we're normally known as. Predominantly for the past 12 years. Yeah. Podcast for, f- what, 15 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so formerly, um, and well, still presently known as uh, the Mike James Rock Show as well. Uh, for those who don't know, if you're joining us for the first time, we are two radio presenters that have run an independent radio show for the last 12 years. Um, and it turns out that was not enough time for us to talk. Um, we uh, decided we'd rather play music for people when it came to our radio show. And to do all of the talkings, we now use our podcast. So hi, <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> it's so, uh, yeah, this is this is us just rambling on about well the music industry m- predominantly, I guess. Yes, mostly. I mean, we um, we do mix things up a little bit. Uh, we have uh, had some interesting guests, which uh, kind of straddle a couple of different industries. Uh, one which we'll be recording um, on the day of us recording the podcast, not the launch day. Later today, we're going to go uh, spend some time with a movie star. We are, aren't we? A little Hollywood um, in our lives, which is not too bad at all. But we have had like quite a busy week mm, since mm. well, since the last time we recorded a podcast, which was what a fortnight ago. Well, I've written down everything that we've done together. Oh, bless you! Yeah, you've so got a little you've got a little diary with a unicorn on the front. No, I've got a running order to remind me of all the things I need to say. Oh, okay. Um, so it's just me with a diary with a unicorn on. Yeah, it. no, just you. Um, so we've got um, interviews done for either our radio show or this podcast um, done over the last couple of weeks um, in reverse order, uh, being Chris Barris. Um, yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? Of the Chris Barris band. That's already gone up on our radio show. No, um, on our YouTube, yes. On our site, sorry, On our yes. social worlds. Uh, so you can have a look at Mike um, sitting down, because uh, uh, we've wanted to chat to Chris for a while, um, and the real life part of being a rock star is kind of got in the way for both of us. He's had issues, we've had issues, and we've never managed to make the schedules work, even though we only live 12 miles away from each other. <laughs> um, he is a local hero. He really killing is. Killing it on the national circuit at the moment. Yeah, and uh, so we managed to finally sit down and chat to him. Um, and if I'm honest, he was every bit as lovely as the interactions we've had with him, either on email or social media. Yeah. Has been. Um, proper Devon boy. Proper Devon boy and really, um, really down to earth. I really recommend uh, listening to that um, interview for uh, people because he, he really knows what he's doing Yeah. Uh, with his sound, his career. Also sounds like he's got quite um, a decent management team behind him that really sort of like, because we we're talking to him about uh, the future and what we could do. And he's like, nope want to do that but we've got to wait till this date and he like he already knows what he's doing for, yeah. for so long we love bands like that um after that we skipped up to um the brizzles um, skipped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um in my uh in the rock show chariot which is still my car um to go and see um well interview first and then see uh the amity affliction and yes. Beartooth, both of which um i've interviewed before i believe you've done a, an amity one as well um, but it was a lovely catch up with both bands because with the amateur, I haven't spoken to them since um, like two or three albums ago, and I'm a big metalcore fan, so I was well in the pocket for that interview and um, had some lovely 
YouTube comments for once rather than nasty ones. Oh, bless. You actually um, looked at them. I did. Um, <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> no um, one looks at you. What? You don't, don't ever um, look no, at it's YouTube what keeps it, either, it either raises me up or it keeps my... Uh, um, keeps you down. <laughs> yeah, it keeps my skin thick. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So we've um, also did Beartooth as well, um, which by the time this podcast launches will be very close to um, some other news that we've uh, got coming up on our list of catch-ups, but I'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Um, and I love that one because uh, Caleb and me chatted only about a year or so back um, about everything that he's now managed to make happen over the last year. So we were just having a like a proper little gush fest about... It's a good interview. Yeah, how successful it is, what the difference between, um, you know, uh, mainland Europe and the UK compared to America is, and then other parts of the rest of the world. And I'm just so happy because he's such a hardworking dude. Um, and we even get into that. So we did that. Then a couple of days later, we were back in Bristol to record today's podcast interview. Um, and that, uh, well, you, you know, because you've clicked on the link that has the massive thing, it's low light. <laughs> um, so we did that. But that was awesome because um, we were booked to do New Year's Day. And we don't get to say this on the radio show, but we can't talk about it on the podcast. We were booked to do a radio show interview with New Year's Day. And on the day it was cancelled because the members were so ill. And then we get to the actual gig and I just shout out to Ash Costello for even trying because <laughs> she, she gave it her all on stage press yeah and she hammered her way through some uh, tracks and gave her fans like a, um, a performance but we we've watched a lot of gigs and we're uh, part of the reason we get <laughs> sponsored by vocal zone throat <laughs> is because we understand how difficult it is especially well, we saw them doing sound check and ash was like wrapped up in a duvet thick coat it really was hat on gloves the works so it's like yeah and <laughs> apart from like um you know we could uh <laughs> Because uh, both of us have like a passing um, interest in vocals. It's probably the thing that we talk about the most. And um, if we ever get a preference with members of a band, we'll choose vocals just because that's kind of the thing it's that the we understand. Them. Yeah, well, we also understand it the most, you know. <laughs> um, so watching her and like just sort of going, wow, she's like, she can't breathe. Um, like her voice is also clapping out. You can see her holding her throat. So anybody that thinks this is a complaint, no. she Just by getting up on stage with the lurgy that she had, that's a good performance as far as we're yeah. concerned. So shout out to Ash for that one. That was absolutely stunning. Um, and uh, I know a lot of metal, uh, like metal dude vocalists, shall we say, that would have probably cancelled um, and not done that set. Mike's even had um, over the years some uh, vocalist that um, crashed at his uh, old place, Silosis, uh, and it was when Josh had taken yeah. over. He didn't talk either side. Um, he just saved his voice for um, going on stage. And That's then it. 24 hours of silence, at least either side of it. So, you know... Shout out to some brutal vocalists. And then the last gig we did um, is uh, probably looking to be our next podcast, isn't it? Um, I'd imagine so, yeah. Uh, which was um, the final interview of the Lounge Kittens. The last one they ever did. And weirdly, like we didn't even know this. Uh, we just went out because we wanted to show them some love. Um, they turned down all other press uh, for us to be able to talk to them, which was astonishing, to be honest. It was really sweet of them, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so we're... Uh, we're looking at that one. We have switched things around a bit because I did say at the end of the last podcast we were going to do uh, potentially social media and mental health. However, it's worked out well that we can drop the low lives in um, today. And after the actual interview that we had with Stitch as well, 
we really wanted to get this one out. Lee. And Lee, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna really struggle with that because uh, in my brain, even though he's Lee Villain and um, like Lee on all of his other networks, so many years as Stitch. <laughs> um, so uh, apologies, he he is Lee um, these days. But of course, in the uh, the interview that we have with him as well, we do cover when he was Stitch as well. So I get really confused. Um, but yeah, we uh, we got invited up to do um, that with uh, Lounge Kittens, uh, which was nuts. Yeah. Um, so that's that's covered our gigs. We've had a busy fortnight since the last podcast. Well, and we've still got some more gigs to go. Not only the, that, but we've we've had quite a big show change as we well. We have. So um, for a while now, we've been uh, preparing and getting ready, uh, working with our station manager. Shout out to Jeff Leopard at uh, um, Hard Rock Hell Radio. Hello, Jeffrey. Um, we have been working hard with him to um, work out what slot we could change to from our usual Sunday one till three in the afternoon to something that really works for um, our recording time, the, what we do across it's a year. Got nothing to do with that. It's just we wanted roast, a roast on a Sunday lunchtime. Well, there's also that. <laughs> um, but Jeff, mm. being the absolute ginger legend that he is, um, has bossed us straight into the seven till nine slot on a Monday. Which is Prime time. Uh, not only prime time, but uh, part of the reason he got us this slot was in the conversations we had with him. We're like, dude, we want to do post-festival roundup shows straight on a Monday, just straight into it. Yeah. Um, and Jeff being quite a uh, forward-thinking um, and uh, innovative station manager of HRH, really liked the idea, um, asked us to uh, wait so that we could um, you know, take the actual slot that we wanted rather than any others that opened up in the schedule. And as soon as it opened up, we switched. We're in there from the next show. Um, and uh, well, so from now on, Monday night, 7 p.m. Till 9 p.m., it is us on Hard Rock Hell. Hurrah! And we'll be doing all our usual coverage. So um, if you're a fan of our radio show, hopefully this means that it actually sits a little bit more of the time that you want to listen to it on HRH. We know that obviously all of you are listening to every single mix cloud that we... Because uh, we're up. top five in the global charts. But I thought you might want to do a little roundup of uh, the positions that we've had over the last uh, few weeks because we've managed to hit number one in 2020 already yes, on one chart. we've had a number one, uh, quite a few number twos, <laughs> fair few number threes, and, the, and we've been within the top ten all year. On, and we put our show into five global charts. And, and we're charting on all of them in the top ten. Uh, and the numbers just keep going up and up and up. And we're getting, um, we're now getting a more of an organic internal mixed cloud um, listening yeah. as well, which has been lovely. Some people have people uh, we are regularly tune into our mix cloud like you would do on say Rock Rage or Hard Rock Hell. It's uh, it's basically a third station for us now. It's amazing, and, and that's because times are times are changing, Daniel. Times <laughs> are changing, and then people are, can't necessarily be in on a Monday night from seven o'clock to listen to radio they want no. they want to listen to it in the car on the way to work the following day and then listen to the second half like a couple of days later and at their own time and leisure and or wherever like they actually want and you can do that nowadays or like me um i spend all day every day uh, when i'm working in a van normally by myself um i don't listen to my own radio show because that's a little bit um, narcissistic i do <laughs> this is how you make yourself better you should watch your performances listen to your shows and i i take the criticism well, 
I was going to say, we, we <laughs> listen to the show anyway. Like, there, there's always at least once a week listen. You listen to the show twice. I listen to it, yeah, a couple of times, just because <laughs> I'm so busy when we're in the studio. I don't actually listen to the tunes. It's like, <laughs> I'll listen to them beforehand so they can get onto the show if they're good enough. Yep. So that's that's me listening to them with my sort of picking them to shreds because, you know, I don't want swear words and it has to fit within our show. Yep. So I'm really breaking it down and then on the show i'm like left right center like yeah moving about moving about get lining up checking levels and looking at memes that i keep making him look at uh, 10 seconds before he goes on air to try and make him giggle and then we're doing social media and stuff so i have to listen to the show back just to listen to the songs it's like oh yeah because it could be the case that we're breaking songs on our show the three months ahead of release or whatever um, not only that, but um, half the bands I now listen to um, are due to the show, like, easily. One of my favourite bands is due to the show, as I've talked about before. So you never know. Um, this is why we like doing radio, is we get that um, you've got a, a Spotify out there and um, that's, you know, playlists are good. But the problem with playlists, and we had this when we were in the car the other day, uh, just a, a Spotify, like, album radio, is it was basically circles of three, is you get three tracks slightly different to the uh, band that inspired the album radio and then back and even the playlist where with us w- we try and make it so that our show is not just genreless but bounces from genre to genre mm. in a coherent way which is why Mike spends so much time putting the show together but you can go from black metal to blues um, or to pop punk or makeup music uh, depending <laughs> on what the intro and exit is like that's um, it but yeah, no, um, you do really well at doing that, actually, to be fair. Um, also, Mike has quite a good eye for, um, uh, you know, rooting out um, tracks from around the world as well. So it's normally not, um, no, not more than... No, they kind of root us out. Well, there's that. <laughs> um, but we, we uh, at, least, uh, at least every other week, if not every week, we have a, a track from somewhere around the world that hasn't come through traditional PR means, yeah. has come through our inbox, as well as Mike really does listen to every track that comes through from everybody yes i do um <laughs> and we do feedback to um those who don't make it to the show with a little bit of uh um, a reason why um because <laughs> half the time it's we can't promote you uh, you don't have a press kit half the time if honest we can't play demos because we don't want to make you look bad as a band so we keep oh, the best ones are when people send stuff over and they just even though the email address is mike james rock show at gmail.com yeah here's here's our uh Blue root, you know, blue roots grass music, or here's our indie band, and it's here's our like, pop, uh, pop act. Yeah, yeah, it's like do your research. We're not, we're not the place for you. Yeah, um, we will play anything that is alternative. You know, we have very wide um, spectrum of that, but it's the thing um, about um, spamming accounts like ours is, you know, there's normally a human at some point sat reading um, the account, so at least look into who you're um, <laughs> uh, approaching because I, I can always tell. Um, either through the show's accounts or through my own personal, whether or not you've actually looked enough into my show to work out whether or not um, it's appropriate. And I love it when somebody just goes, I've literally just found you. Are you a radio presenter? Can I submit my music? I love honest approaches. I've always liked honest approaches um, because, you know, be honest. Don't try and uh, blow smoke up my ass. I get probably what, um, personally, I get about 10 uh, Facebook messages a week. Mike probably gets about 100 uh, trying to make it through to him. And the show gets a ton as well. It's like, guys, come on. We get this many messages. We know we can smell the bullshit when you say <laughs> that you've been listening to our show for six months, but your like on our page has come in 30 seconds before you've sent the message. Yeah. I mean, come on. 
it's okay to have just discovered us. We just discover people. I mean, I just realized today that um, we've been friends with certain people and both me and Mike's personal accounts followed the, this group on uh, Instagram, but the show's account didn't actually do it because we just plum forgot to actually hit that follow button. I like the way you said group. Yeah. <laughs> like they're on the X Factor or something. <laughs> well, to be fair, they could be. Um, um, anyways. Um, so you got some shout outs. Uh, well, actually, I'm a bit more uh, catch up um, is on the running order first. Okay. Um, just a quick one. Because um, I've literally uh, closed off um, uh, quite a few franchises in the last uh, week. Uh, TV and film catch up. I have done no films whatsoever. Um, but I have uh, finally finished Rick and Morty. Um Finally finished Doctor Who as well, at least to the point that um, Netflix has episodes. <laughs> um, still working my way through Big Mouth for like the tenth time. Um, watching uh, with my girlfriend uh, The Voice because I love auditions and I love people singing. So, uh, given that she doesn't want to watch any of the storyline in between all of it, we literally just watch the singing bits, bash through it, uh, bash the whole thing out in about twenty minutes. That works. Um, and I'm a complete convert to this country, which is currently releasing new episodes yeah. as well. So that's my TV and film. Do you have any TV and film? Not really. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, no, because you've got a lot, um, lot of life stuff to sort out. I have an awful lot of life stuff. All right, I'll just bash through my music then quickly. Oh, I've uh, been listening to music. Yeah. Uh, I thought you might you, you might be able to join me on this one. But for me, it's going to be quite obvious where some of these have come from. Um, Amity and Beartooth, I've really um, like re-engaged with some of their discography. Um, same with Bad Wolves, still loving uh, listening to uh, Tommy. Uh, Parkway, because Parkway is never far away from uh, where I am. You're um, always just one click away from a. Oh no, that's Park. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then uh, Low Lives, obviously, but that led me back into the Defiled, and I've uh, listened to all of those. And uh, you know, shout out to Five Minutes, the track. Um, I sent that to a friend of mine that um, is struggling with uh, grief and loss, and she was just like, "That's that's what I needed to hear today." <laughs> so love the fact that uh, that led to I'm um, a little bit of a hug musically uh, for a friend of mine and then Mike will recognise where these names came from um, is uh, God Forbid and Shadows Fall because uh, we sat in the car last night um, listening to God Forbid and Shadows Fall based on an article from the almighty Alt Press <laughs> um, which it was a good article it, um, it re-engaged me into a couple of bands which I hadn't listened to for years fair enough um, so a shout out to our uh, fellow colleagues and fellow press agents over at Alternative Press. You guys do some nice, tasty articles. I've been listening to Peng Shui. I thought you might have been. <laughs> and uh, Nova Twins, by all accounts, if I was I've to... I've listened to that, yeah, a few yeah. times. Lo, this still on repeat. <laughs> that album is seriously a contender. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The album of the year already. But yeah, yeah, check out Peng Shui. They're touring quite soon, but then so are Nova Twins. But Peng, that Peng Shui album is just fire. And it, um, we uh, did an interview with them back at uh, Download last year mm. um and so when we played the track on the show we did actually launch on all of our social media because it was so geared towards where their sound came from and where peng shui as a product came from we thought we'd redrop that one onto all of our networks um because they are something different and it's lovely hearing where it's uh, come from because they're quite like us <coughs> when it comes to musical taste whilst we talk and um, like whilst my music is all sat there as metal and uh, rock bands it's because I haven't bothered putting down any of the other stuff I listen to yeah um, obviously trying to gear it towards the podcast but they they uh, are all uh, um, sort of into their EDM and various other things hip hop and yeah. all sorts um, but they're all metal heads at heart mm. so they uh, they wanted to bring the crunch of metal to some other sounds so yeah go check Pen Shui out there we go 
Should we get on with this week's interview then? Well, now I'm going to do the shout-outs, but it's partly to bash everything through. Um, as usual, Hannah O'Brien, Extra Uncovered, and um, Chilled Social, uh, Domino PR and Steph Knight, um, for all of their help over the years, but particularly with this weekend, Zan and the Kittens. For um, various interviews and just general love we've had this week, it's uh, Claudia, um, Emma, Hayley, and Penny. And a special shout-out to people that we saw um, during our travels when the Press Avengers assembled, uh, which is Jim Garrett. And oh, con- yeah. Congratulations on getting engaged, my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, John from Kerrang Radio, who was wearing the brightest red uh, leather jacket <laughs> you have ever seen and is one of the loveliest humans in the industry. That jacket, man. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, it really is. Says um, the vegetarian. <laughs> and, uh, if you want to see the jacket we're talking about, go check out our Instagram or Facebook, Mike James Rock Show. Uh, cause we've got a he's the one in the red jacket <laughs> he's the one in the red jacket but it was great because we um, had little chats with him and Jim about um, doing different interviews Yeah. and this is the community not competition that we're talking about goes on behind closed doors because we're helping each other out with our interviews um, I gave John a couple of uh, things that I talked about with uh, Beartooth so that he didn't have to because I've been given them by Emma Yeah. Um, it, absolutely fantastic anyway Mike's looking at me because I'm running up the time by talking too much so on to today's interview Go for it. Obviously, we've mentioned it earlier on. It is um, Low Lives. Um, we have got Lee and the Handsome Man uh, from Low Lives uh, um, on this particular podcast. Apologies for the road noise that you can hear probably in the background of the recording. Um, well, we do get disturbed a couple of times from f- members of the band wanting drinks from the van and and then Lee having to leave to go for a pee halfway through the <laughs> interview, so you just take up the mantle and talk politics for five minutes. Really there is a five-minute section in the middle of this interview where I just don't say anything because I don't want to say anything because you're talking politics, Trump, Trump and Boris, and I'm yep. like, oh, God, Lee, come back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we pick it up. We, we touch on everything, don't we, really? Like the... Um, and absolutely everything. the end of the defiled for well even for like the start and middle of the defiled yeah. as well like and th- how people precise pr- their perception of them mm. as having money because they did stuff like the jaeger meister tour and things well, like that sponsorship from yeah jaeger, and, but uh, lee actually broke down what having sponsorship meant yeah uh, from somebody as big as uh jaeger so that uh for bands that were looking at that is going oh these guys are getting you know, they're, uh, they're raking it in. And then they talk mm. about signing to the nu- Nuclear Blast's new uh, label, the kind of yep. global entertainment that kind of fizzled out, I think. I haven't seen much from it. I think they no. just I think it was of the moment type thing. A little bit. Um, we also chat to Lee about um, why uh, why Low Lives essentially is so different to The Defiled as well, Yeah, uh, which is cool um, because uh, there, I think there's a lot of people that were a little bit confused uh, when they worked out that Low Lives was, you know, stitched from <coughs> uh, The Defiled being um, under his own name as Lee. He dispels a few myths, doesn't he? Yes. Um, and to be honest, I was saying this to you in the car on the way back, is Lee stands out as one of the best people we've ever interviewed. Um, even back in Defiled days or anything like that, is he's just such good fun and, like, well, well worth uh, what we uh, did, which was, you know, travel. Um, and I think it was about, what, two hour wait or something like that? Um, yeah, we made use of our time. Exactly. But he's such a good dude to speak to. I just, the conversation just flourishes when we speak to him. So uh, well chuffed with uh, um, having a sat down and 
Uh, in many ways, answered some of the questions which I had left over from uh, when uh, the defiled went. Well, yeah, we kind of did go a bit fanboy on it. Yes. Um, and then the interview ended rather abruptly due to the fact that we realised that the band that was on before Low Lives had finished their set. And they and should they probably get in there and get yeah, ready. Yeah, we were parked quite close to a smoking area and <laughs> realised it's like, oh, that's got busy. Oh, you're on stage in like 15 minutes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it does end abruptly. We were going to do a part two to it, but we think we covered most things. And to be honest, it was the last night of their UK run. Uh, and, and they don't want to be doing a podcast. They want to be doing a party. Yeah, you by know? the time the gig had finished, it had been 11 o'clock, time they packed down and stuff. It had got been gone midnight. And to be honest, we're the Real Life Rockstars podcast. We have to go work in the following morning. Exactly. <laughs> Literally was up at 5 o'clock. That was killer, man. But um, Lee is the type of person, and so is the handsome man, that we could sit and talk to for another couple of hours. So we might make, make uh, we might make the part two that we're talking about and that want to carry on talking just the next time that they're over instead. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, that one uh, was seriously uh, good fun. So rather than uh, disseminate it too much before we uh, press play, shall we uh, do a little plays? Yep. And uh, we shall talk afterwards. Real Life Rockstars Podcast! Right, so we've got um, a couple of uh, members of the Low Lives here. Zillow Lives. Zillow Lives. Zillow Lives. Lives. Um, Though a lot of people I I imagine would probably know you off of your old stage name as well. Yeah, they wouldn't know me as that other guy in that other band. Not not Lee Villain. (laughs) Not Lee Villain, no. No. At the end it was, I guess, but no. But uh, for those who are wondering, it is Stitchedy. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so, to be young <laughs> to be young and to be fair like um you know we didn't so much call it we just saw um sort of the startings of uh, uh your path uh i believe like sonosphere 2015 with the red hair yeah and how buzzed you are off of doing the kurt cobain stuff yeah it was more especially because the end of the defiled stuff we were like we went and did that thing at Dave Grohl's place and I was basically writing. I'd already had two of the songs we're playing tonight, low life songs. I'd already had those songs and I was just trying to make them metal to sound <laughs> them, make them sound like the defiled ad triplets and shit. And it just didn't work. And at that point I was just like, what's the point? I don't, in, I just didn't enjoy writing that kind of stuff anymore. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I just, yeah. I know because um, memory's quite good. I mean, um, I remember chatting to you about the fact that you wrote a, guitar line and a vocal line for unspoken that was too hard to play live because you yeah. wrote them separately yeah. to try and make sure that they were defiled defiled like yeah. yeah exactly and then it was just like try and learn the stuff it's like Meshuggah trying to learn the drummer programs all of his drums every record doesn't he and then he has like three months to sit and learn the drum patterns yeah, it's crazy just bananas um, but the reason we thought we would get um, sort of uh, low lives as well as um, what you had before on our, our podcast is because we're We've realised that um, we listen to quite a few and uh, quite a lot of what they focus on is the, you know, what the music industry's changes have actually meant for everybody, you know. And just before we actually went live on the mics, you kind of went into that by saying that your personal um, sort of perception of the music industry from being in the defile to starting low lives had completely changed. Um, Yeah, it was pretty much I just wanted to be in a real band that had zero expectations. I basically just wanted to go... And you know, like that, you know, like that thing when you're like a kid and you you start a band. Oh, you play drums. Oh, cool. I play guitar. Hey, you play guitar too. And I remember the first time when I was like 13 with my friend coming over, and I would play like the beginning of "Today" by Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. I would do one part, and then he would do the chords over the top, and that was like melted cheese. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it was just like the, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is amazing. I just kind of wanted that feeling back of being in a band with 
four dudes that are just proper proper musicians yeah and it was just you know no no expectations no oh we want to do this i mean there are you know we do want to do shit i'm not yeah. saying we don't want to do that i'm not saying we want to just sit in our bedroom and play shows but um just i don't know i want it to be real this time i don't want to use tracks don't want to do anything like that i just want everything to be like if a guy comes up to us like you guys suck tonight i'd be like Okay, that's fair enough. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when it's we t- it's when an we honest opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, when we turn up to venues, they're like shocked because they're just like, "What? Sixteen tracks? That's it?" I'm like, "Yes, we literally have bass, guitar, drums, vocals. That's it. We don't need anything else." So that's kind of was the whole point of this band. Really, was just to go back to that childhood thing of when you're like, "Oh, this is what music is." And I think nowadays, well, really nowadays, we're in that era of you may as well just play along to a fucking backing track. Do you know what I mean? Like every fucking band. It's just like, what's the point? Steve, do you have anything to add to this? This is Mr. Stephen Lucarelli. He's Mr. Handsome. (laughs) Hi. Um, Hi. (laughs) I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's not to say that there's anything wrong with bands that do backing tracks. It's just the bands that we grew up on. They didn't, that technology wasn't there. I mean, it was, kind of coming around with like triggers and stuff but everything that we love about punk rock and rock and roll and you know i'm kind of under the the mindset that rock and roll should still be dangerous you should wonder if this dude is gonna come off stage and bite my head off amazing um you know it's there's kind of been a like a say like whitewashing where it's just like every band has to be on social media at all times posting how good their life is and like for a lot of us it's not the case it's like it's a struggle and we come on stage and we play like our life is a struggle and it's good and that's the intensity that not having uh, i mean it is a struggle it is a struggle <laughs> yeah it's a struggle it sucks but like but to that to that point it's like you know that's real Right. Like and I I know that there's like a dichotomy between like going to see an act and going to see like the real thing. But like low lives is the real thing. And one of us might die on stage at any moment. (laughs) Just by falling down the staircase and bonking your head, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the reason we call this podcast the Real Life Rockstars podcast, because we we go to a lot of festivals, interview bands. And on a Sunday, we interview bands that are playing, like, say, the second stage or early on on the main stage uh, at Download Festival. And they're like, so what's next for the band then? It's like, well, tomorrow I'm back at work driving a white van or checkouts and stuff. And that is the reality. Even like these, you know, bands that are playing to you know they could be playing to upwards to like thirty thousand people on the sunday mid-afternoon kind of card type bands and then they're going back and either you know working wholesale or something like that it's, it's it crazy it's... hang on here oh no one of the things that that made me realize that is my i have an, a mutual acquaintance with um I think it's the drummer of the Scorpions in LA. Okay. And like, but like that dude made a fuckload of money in the eighties. Right. And his side job, I'm like, don't quote me verbatim on who it is, but his side job is working and selling symbols. He's a, he's a brand ambassador for a symbol company. That's not a bad job though. It's like, not a bad job at all. I remember but, but, friends but, that just, but he's, yeah. but, but the, like, that's the change in the industry where like, you're not 
probably going to only live on making music. Yeah. And well, we've had um, both Fear Factory and Issues, um, uh, so two very different bands, both uh, pre-internet and post-internet. Both of them have told us that they drive Uber in their spare time. Yeah, that Same was thing. me during The Defiled. Yeah, yeah. yeah when yeah. I moved to America, I'd, we toured for a lot of it, and then we slowed down. I was like, I guess I'm going to be an Uber driver. I have a friend that actually we were talking about earlier. I'm not going to say his name. He was in a very, very big band. And uh, yeah, he's an Uber driver in LA now. It's bananas. The first time when I realized that you didn't make money in music was hearing that Barney from Napalm Death, who you would think, massive cult band worldwide. Sorry, my wife's calling me. Continuously and, um, touring. Yeah, well. continuously trying to do this stuff. He yeah. just works in like a factory in fucking Sheffield or some shit. And you're just like... When I heard that when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, I've made a terrible decision here. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that perception because um, it was part of uh, the reason that we thought um, it might be interesting to talk to you because it's very much the impression that I think a lot of people had about the Defile towards the end days with... Um, yeah, you know, they thought the... we were doing really good. And the well, people you thought you had money as well. No, like, that definitely was not. Yeah. Blast and yeah, no, and no. And we never like got, that. like... Jägermeister was the major help of our band but they wouldn't just be like here's some fucking money it was always like here's a bottle <laughs> yeah it was like here's some free booze we'll pay for you to go and do this and we will maybe help subsidize subsidize your merch yeah. there was no like here's 10 grand each enjoy that would have been fucking awesome but it wasn't like that and then out of the nuclear blast deal how ridiculous it was at the end of that record deal after we paid for everything the only thing i paid for was two season tickets for Six Flags for me and my wife. That was all I got out of our record deal. And our record wow. deal was reasonable you, you, you were the one yeah. of the first bands to be signed on the global it was when they, yeah. Label, it? Well, look how well, not to talk shit, but look how well that turned out for every band on that. <laughs> yeah. It was not... But the at the time, it, it was a huge buzz within the, the music industry. Yeah, it was the like they're going global. They're yeah, going to be doing yeah. this, and, um, and then, they, then they, yeah, they, they took you straight off. For us, it that. just yeah, it wasn't good. They they supported us really well in England. They were really good in England. Actually, it was like a proper label in England, but just yeah, <laughs> it just didn't wasn't good everywhere else. I guess um, no, it didn't work. We <laughs> got chucked on shows that we probably shouldn't have been chucked on, and just. I, I think know. also having because we um, remember like the fans and everything like that, and it's the thing which I try and explain to people is like just because you've got a cultivated stage presence doesn't mean that you actually have money because no. a, a lot of people like but they always look like they have it's like no they've got a defined look yeah. and I think some of that pressure from the way that um, fans can sometimes perceive a band as well yeah. is because then when you say like you get the wrong booking people start um, getting sort of, uh, well, lose the trust in the franchise or the branding of the department. Yeah, kind of. Thinking of. like, what are well, you guys, doing? Yeah, yeah, you guys should be much higher. Yeah. Um, and oh, We've said that before. Yeah. <laughs> the fire should be up, like headlining every festival in the yeah, world. Yeah, we did. But that's because we were Man, in the, in the height of like when it was going really well and we were doing that ghost tour and Gajira and everything mm. like that and we signed in a good blast and all this stuff was happening. As a band, each individual, we split everything equally. Each individual member made five hundred pounds a month. That's that was not that much. Cover, that, cover was, rent, that was that was it. Like that was crazy. absolutely everything. My that didn't even cover my half of my rent yeah. to my wife, and I lived in a shitty one bedroom apartment. It's crazy. Yeah, it's bananas. That, that, we made that last for about a year, and then it ran out, yeah. and we were just like, "Oh fuck this!" <laughs> like, and and do you mind me asking whether or not that was part of? Because obviously you're in America a lot yeah. of the time as well. Um, is partly why. It was because we didn't ever say it like um, out loud, but we wondered whether or not it was the finances that stopped you guys being able to do even like a farewell gig. 
Not um, really. Like, I moved there because it halved my rent. Because in London, it was so expensive at the time. And in LA, it was kind of cheaper at the time. Like, it literally cut my rent in half. As soon as we signed to Nuclear Blast, it was like, I'm going to move to America. Vince was desperate to move home. So he moved back to New York. And then we just toured so much for that period where we just met in wherever we were going to be. Yeah. Um, and it did, admittedly, it was probably a silly decision because then when we ever had to do, we couldn't just take one-off shows, do you know what I mean, anymore? Mm. Hey, Skindred are playing this venue and they want you to open. We couldn't do it because it was mine and Vince, we had to pay for a flight. Yeah. But then the other way is that if we had stuff offered in America, it was only me and Vince that could go and do it and the other three couldn't. So, um, who knows? Like, just... There's no money in it anymore. No. Like people don't understand that there's no money in this game anymore. No. And we were talking earlier about um, the fact that um, the UK is about to feel what um, a lot of uh, UK artists feel when going to America yeah. is the absurd visa costs. Yeah, and um, now we're going to get it going to Europe. So. Yeah, um, and they, it, it's unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of stupid people in England have voted for something that's going to kill. Um. <laughs> Don't worry. We all, it seems to be America versus England one-upping each other in stupidity at the moment. <laughs> you, guys, so. you guys got the fringe about three years ahead of us getting the fringe. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, Steve is very political, knows all of his American politics, and you're, you're angry every day about just like what the fuck is happening in our country. I think me and you should do a podcast because yeah. that's me about UK politics every really? day. <laughs> <laughs> I get so angry about the just whole thing. Just grievances. Yep. <laughs> just basically being on air saying fuck, 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 fuck over and over again. <laughs> just fuck this fucking out, place. Like, taking, taking different threads from Reddit and being like, and this is what's fucking wrong. And this is what's just like... I, it sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it, it really was me. I mean, I tried so hard to get um, the British Donald Trump not in power, um, but he went ahead and bojoed it anyway. Um, well, we're trying really hard not to get American he's Donald back Trump. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's crazy. As depressing as it is, it's gonna happen. Everyone knows it's gonna happen. You know it's gonna happen. I know you. I don't know. I saw. I know you I, love a bit of Bernie. Yeah. I Everyone got, loves a bit of Bernie. But I got the faith in Bernie. It's, we live in a place where we live in a place where each coast is like, you know, we we it's like England. It's like well, we thought it was like England. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys, fucking idiots. But um, we, yeah, we live in a place where everyone is similar. But when you start venturing out, especially touring in a band, venturing in to LA. It's all right. It's just the battery. It's just dying in the van. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, when you venture out of California, it's like, holy fuck. Even up where I live, I live like very far east of LA now, up in the mountains. There's fucking Trump everywhere. I mean, there. basically, like, it's unbelievable. I was on tour with the Ataris when, um, when we were heading into the 2016 election. And LA is kind of a bubble, you know? I'm sure most major cities kind of are because it kind of, cities tend to be more left-leaning because people see you know people see like somebody on the street and they recognize that there's like a major income difference between like the top percent and the people on the street but when you get out into the country it's not as prevalent so yeah. i think yeah. cities in general tend to be a bit more like well well i want to help that person and i'm not saying that like rural people don't express that they just don't see it so like when i was out with the ataris dude i predicted that Donald Trump was going to get elected because it was like the entire center of America was all about Donald Trump yeah. and the cities were all about um, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And unfortunately, like the way that our system works, like 
you can win the electoral college but lose the popular vote. We got the same with constituencies over here because um, we're from the only part of the UK that for the entirety of uh, um, ours are Tories um, there has never switched. Um, so we live in um, Exeter and Devon. And we've always been a Labour constituency. It's because we're a university. Yeah. All um, university mm. cities seem to be Labour orientated amongst a sea of blue wherever you go. Um, and yeah. But we find the same thing is that it's... Because I, I, I was talking to Lee about this earlier today, um, is that I was screaming into my social echo chamber online. Because I, I post a lot and I've spent a lot, um, uh, many years posting a lot. So... Um, the algorithm at least means I have a following, whether or not people actually follow what I say. But right. I was I was getting so far past my own social bubble. I was getting like a thousand shares on some of the stuff which mm -hmm. I was posting up. But I was posting it and it was going in and being shared and I was just making my own social echo chamber of left-leaning bigger. I sure. wasn't actually busting in to the right at all. And it's yeah. the hardest thing and it's uh, one of the things which... Uh, drives me nuts because you know normally I'm quite good at online campaigning. You know, being a radio show, we have to essentially sell the fact that we're salesmen, which is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Of course. Um, and so we've come up with some fairly innovative ways of um, getting ourselves noticed and getting things done. But I still don't have an answer as to how you go out and you have that conversation that you're meant to have. And it's partly because the pub conversation is gone. Like when you had an aggressive opinion um, sort of 10, 20 years ago, you're going to the pub, you'd say it. Somebody would go, um, fucking excuse me, you can't say that. And then there would be a discussion afterwards as to why you can't say that. Whereas now you have a, an opinion, you put it online and you'll find that your social echo chamber will echo back a thousand people that think the same way. Yeah. So it gets you into this mindset where you think that everybody thinks the same way. Totally. I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of a blanket statement about L.A. right there. Um, I, I think, you know, really what the what's happening across the world is like there's so many bits of news. Like, how do you pick through and and like it's just like a general question. Like, how do you decide which news is like, OK, is it biased? Sure. Is it fake? What? So, like, yeah. it's, you know, like I know when I talk to my friends who are and it's I, like I, he was never gone. Apologies. Otherwise, that would be a very uncomfortable trickle. Yeah. Uh, we're still on politics, by the way. Still going. It's still yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I basically, oh, like. Nope, there's some around the back there. Okay, I managed to pull a water bottle out of the beer box. Here you go. Right, Redneck bottle opener, carabiner. How are you doing this then? How's your lunch going to work? Do you want a natural one? Yeah, that would be much easier. There we go. <laughs> anyway, how's this podcast going? Yes, it's, go, it's, it's going all right it's now, going you bet. Great. Yeah. We, we were just talking politics, and I, I was trying to steer it back towards low lives and bands and stuff, but then yeah, Dan yes. carried on talking politics. So. <laughs> that still happens every day. Um, but no, it, it, it does actually lean back to um, sort of the ethos a little bit of uh, what we've seen and what you told us low lives is, is it's stripped back um i are, are you taking any stance on that um with anything politically or are you trying to keep band and politics a bit separate mm, i'm so uneducated towards politics i personally don't i i would yeah. like it to be separate it's not a 
a move to be like that. It's just I'm very uneducated and I choose to live in a bubble. That's why I live up a mountain. Whatever happens is gonna happen. For me personally, I'm in that mentality. I know that's fucking terrible and snobbish. Whereas Steve, Luke, and Jackson are very much involved. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. the I think the thing is like, it's kind of what we were talking about. It's like how how do you get outside of your bubble, right? Like. I don't want people who vote for Donald Trump to listen to Low Lives and be like, fuck that left-leaning band because that's not inclusive, right? Like, yeah. we, we want to be inclusive without endorsing their politics. Um, and I think that that's, like, that's the problem today is you can't just have a beer and hash out your differences and be like, here we go because everyone's on their own social media soapbox and they're getting smashed by their own social, like, their the echo chamber. Yeah. So I mean, too we many, we too do. Many get butt hurt, don't they nowadays? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we do a little bit. I mean, if you if you look at everything we've put out, everything we're gonna put out this year, you'll get a bit of where we stand. We but, have one song for sure. Is. Yeah, which will be released later this year. But um, amazing. So, so we, we are we expecting a, a full release this year from Low Lives? Um, uh, maybe I think the plan at this point. To cut a long story short, we got fucked around by two... We just got fucked around last year a lot with okay. promises and deals came in and they weren't what they said they were going to be and then we wanted changes. Just business crap that didn't work out. So, and we've had this... We've been signing this record for fucking two years we recorded this. So this is, is record it still it's the, the same, same record. record. Like, Hey You is yeah. the same, you know, like Burn Forever. We recorded all those songs. Burn Forever was the only song that was recorded separate. That was a tester when it was me, Steve and Luke together. Okay. We were like, let's see how this band sounds. And then when we did that, we're like, this is cool. Let's get another guitar player because we need that beef. If we're not going to be using tracks or anything, we need that, you know, beefy guitar sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we... Yeah, just to cut a long story short, we got fucked. We, we had a very we rough ad, year. We were given advice that was not necessarily bad advice. It just wasn't the advice that we needed, yeah. really. Because we, we spoke to you at Reading. Reading, yeah. Was, and you, we were like, you, the record's really good. Yeah, 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 you were buzzing about it. And yeah. Off the back of that, we were buzzing about it. It's like, yeah, yeah something new from Lee. And that's what's weird. And we're, it's, we're still really happy with all the songs. It just... I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what happened. I mean, I think it feels like we should be on record three by now. Yeah. Um, but we're already on record two, so basically the plan... <laughs> the plan... <laughs> we're just microphone. chucking microphones around a room. So I think the plan... At this point, you know, we're not going to say this is what we're going to fucking do for a while, but, like, we're going to just release singles and keep on releasing A's and B's, A's and B's, A's and B's. Kind of how keeps you in everyone's Bring Me are doing. Time. It's that, like, more shots at the... You know, yeah. more cuts of the pie, as it were. Um, so I think we're just going to do that, and we're just going to break up the whole record into A's and B's. And we've already started doing, like, man, we started on album two, like, a long time ago. Like, Over a year ago. Yeah, no, not quite. Oh, shit, yeah, if we count yeah. the original ones, yeah. So it's been over a year since okay. we started the second record. So we are sat on such an enormous amount of music... And then we were just like, man, these people were just fucking... Because it was always like, well, we got offered this, but let's wait for this one because this has been promised and this is going to be good. And I think we did that too much. Uh, we, we got yeah, yeah. hyped up too early. And then now we're just like, you know what? Fuck this. If we're just writing music continuously, why not put it out? Yeah. Like, what's the point in sitting on music anymore? Like, you could be like, I'm selling a fucking gold mine. 
you can't sell a gold mine for fucking three years. You know what I mean? It's just it may like not just even keep be on a gold mine anymore. Like, exactly, the that's sound, the thing. The Shit changes. Change. Yeah, I've actually um, uh, been working uh, largely just because I um, I love keeping busy. Uh, so I've been working with a PR that's local to where we are. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the only PRs I know that's just like, I am done servicing albums and EPs. Yeah. I was like, really? Oh. And I was like, every PR wants you to do an album and EP. She's like, no, I love single launches. That's what Sagir told us. Ad- yeah. Mr. Adam Sagir from the Noise Cartel, who is an absolute boss of a human being, told us when we were in this position, I was like, dude, what do you think we should do? What's what's happening in England? What do we, because, you know, it's different in America to England. It's like, just fucking release singles. He was like, no one gives a fuck about albums anymore. No. And I think people our age give a fuck about albums because we're like, I need this, you know, big piece of work that will define this person. It's like, oh, it's the Pink Floyd, the wall, you know what I mean? Just, you want to have that physical piece of work. I think we're in that age where people don't need that shit anymore. We do. Kids don't want that. Kids are so fucking... They just want a fucking song. They'll what probably listen to wrong? a minute of it. I know the kids are fucking wrong. Wait, are the kids like, wrong or is it me? It's yeah. the kids. What, one of the we're just, the, what's that Simpsons where the yeah. dude's just <laughs> waving his fist in the air? That We're Mo Sislak right now. <laughs> but like, when when Daggers came out, we got sent through the the, the, the posh CD version and it was, yeah. it was deluxe. The big and digipack like, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but and I, you I, sit and look through it. But and I said to Dan, it's like, they, they won't do this for the next album just because no. this was like, what, four or five years ago? Yeah. Longer than that now, isn't it? Seven. Yeah, yeah. But back then, it was it was. Almost the very end of um, of CDs being sent out. You yeah. Know, yeah, you don't even, you don't even get anything. CDs from no. that shit anymore. Here's, here's a press pack of three songs that's fully digital. That's, that's, that's it. it. And, yeah. and a lot of the time, it, uh, we're getting PRs that just send us links to YouTubes and yeah. to Spotify's and stuff. Not and even that's a the downloadable thing. People name. now are just like, you're going to release Hey You on vinyl. You're going to release this on CD, a physical copy. It's just like, do you know how expensive that <laughs> yeah. shit is? Especially with vinyl. You need fucking, what is it, five months lead up to press stuff? It's Crazy. Not only yeah. that, but um, I saw this thing the other day. I can't remember which magazine was doing it, but um, the the good impact of scream, uh, streaming services is that we're not creating as much plastic with CDs. I guess, um, yeah, there's one way of looking the, at it. The crystal cases, as well as the CDs themselves. But um, because people never viewed CDs the way they did vinyls, you know, yeah. they, they get scratched, they throw them away. I've still got, um, and I mean, it hasn't even moved house with me since uh, last time. Um, Sorry, Mr. Homeless Dude. We have a homeless yeah. dude that's just ran into our wing mirror of our very elegant van. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you um, like these days, you know, people like the throw uh, throwaway nature that um, came about with CDs and stuff like that. People are now starting to do what I've done, which is look at a massive CD collection and go, I don't have a CD player. In yeah, my house. I didn't ship when I moved to America. I just sold what's those fucking CD seller things in England where yeah, you could just like chuck magpie. Magpie, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. We just yeah. it was so depressing reading like looking at the labels of your CD collection being like that was 17.99 this was 18.99 and they were like we'll give you 36 pounds for like everything 300 <laughs> CDs like you fucking cunts yeah. man like well we get this from PR so like do you want a physical copy to give away it's like no not even slightly yeah, yeah, we, we don't need it anymore we were still yeah getting offered competitions uh, but we couldn't give the CD win a CD away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to win a CD bitch but, but that's by the time it was delivered the whole thing was on Spotify yeah like yeah. That was the thing. Is it and was charting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, but I mean, I've been a vinyl snob for a, the last like fifteen years. My vinyl collection is huge. Nice. And yeah. I, I love that it's limp. I mean, like, yeah, you know, when it comes to digital stuff, you want it immediately. But with like vinyl, like you have such a huge piece of artwork in your hands, and yeah. you can like it's awesome because it gives the band the ability to customize it too. Like. The EP that we put out it was pink, you know, like 
pink splatter vinyl like yeah but is like, that the same pink that's on your socials at the moment i yeah. think on the logo yeah. that's sexy. sick yeah um but like you know right, i think it was a fucking ball ache to do it was a it was a such a pain in the ass but it's like you know there's there's bands like godspeed you black emperor and in, in the 90s that were pushing the envelope to what a vinyl could do like i remember i got f sharp a sharp infinity and it had a, a fucking hidden track on the vinyl mm. which is just what? like that stuff is amazing and it kind of puts it back in the band's hands to make a cool product yeah and so i i'm all about that stuff and you might find some hidden stuff on it on the next low lives vinyl if i get my way <laughs> but that's cool again like um i think um having people that still remember that because i remember when uh, that uh, that era transferred onto CDs, and you'd have CDs that were something like 120 tracks long, but most of the tracks were a second long. Tool, yeah. Um, and you had to. <laughs> no, that's just one track that's 120 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, um, the. Uh, what, um, Nirvana, Nevermind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had it, like that. Wait an hour after the last song finishes, and then a song will kick in. Sorry, forgot to grab the microphone. microphone. Well, when you, yeah, it's when you fall asleep with, with a CD on, and then all of a sudden it wakes you up an hour later with a. Hello, oh. my love. We have Mr. Luke Johnson here now. Sorry. Yeah, Hello. just just came to get some waters, eh? <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll, buddy. Rock and roll. Rock and roll life. We got six waters on the rider tonight between two bands, so <laughs> I've come to top up, replenish the supply. I do apologise for interrupting this wonderful podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast rules. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> Talking, going back to the <laughs> the economics of being in a band. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how is it being in a band? Oh, yeah, we get six waters between between eight people. How many are in their touring? There's party? A, there. Well, they in their touring party, well, there's like this is how shit it is being in a band nowadays. We are doing this tour. No crew, no merch person, no nothing. Like we never really have much shit that breaks. This whole tour has been a cascade of bullshit of <laughs> string brakes string brakes pedal brakes power goes out snare drum brakes just everything and then we have no tech we have nothing and we're just like i have to turn around get through a song if a string breaks and i turn around to luke and he's not looking he's banging his fucking head around <laughs> and i catch his ride symbol or a symbol that he's currently hitting and he looks at me and he's like i'm like one second <laughs> <laughs> i have to roll off these guys make as much noise as fucking possible and i'm freaking out backstage going where's my second guitar Give me that fucking guitar, turn this wireless pack on. It's just like, that's how bad it is now. Like, the point nowadays is that bands, if you're going to bring an extra person on tour, it means an extra bed in a hotel, it means an extra visa. seat, an extra visa, it means an extra everything. But most bands nowadays would just bring a social media person. They would bring someone to make do photos, do videos, do everything. They would choose that over a tech yeah. nowadays. Well, the, That's the, what's fucking bananas. The scary thing is... In is the we, social media age. We we totaled up a similar thing the other day because uh, somebody like sort of uh, said to us because we've leveled up our social media presence over the last six months because obviously what you're just saying you is so to, important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're sat chatting to somebody and they're like, but who does all your background work? And we're like, what do you mean? Like, well, who's putting together all your artwork? And Mike points at me. So, like, who's running a website? Points at me. Because, like, well, who contacts the industry? I point at Mike. Yeah. Like, we we do absolutely everything, and we have main jobs, which is part of the reason we wanted to share this uh, sort of so lifestyle yeah. with people. Um, because I come home from work, I work for two, three hours just to do my daily minimum for the rock yeah. show, let alone push like um, anything further forward. That's yeah. 
for the weekend when I'm meant to spend time with my girlfriend, but instead she watches the back of my head Got and my screens. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's like being a man, man. Yeah. Hey, we need a cover for this next record. Okay, let's fucking make a cover. Like it's always there's always something that needs to be done. Yeah. I do. I mean, and Steve is the only one that actually knows Photoshop out of our band, so a lot of it falls <laughs> on his head. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I do like a lot of the graphic design for the covers, for anything that comes after the covers, you know. I mean, every single website has its own requirements. Oh. You know, 731 by 623 or whatever fucking, like, Photoshop things, and someone has to do that. And story mode. That's the bit that gets me the most. Um, it's, but the, the stupid thing is, is I wanted to be like that. But as soon as I actually um, got everything sized correctly so that, um, because I, I find a problem, I geek out, I give myself everything I can possibly do to then not do as much work uh, later. Proactive laziness is what I call it. Um, but it's um, just frustrating because I see suddenly like, ah, oh, our interviews on main feed are being watched because we have a story about it. Amazing. And I like sit down, like I've spent two hours putting together an image that's going to last for 24 hours and I'm never going to use it again. Totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's to the point now where it's like it, it used to be it used to be like just be a, a great band and worry about your stage show and your image and how well you play and getting tight. And now it's like being in a band is so little where does our Thatcher's, Thatcher's gold come from? <laughs> I've not seen one this whole tour. <laughs> hey, Thatcher's gold anyway. I had one the other night, I'll, I'll admit. You did? I did, okay, yeah. Thatcher's gold, you can reach out to us at uh, We Are Low Lives. If you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me just get the... the there, we go. there we go. But it's like, you know, now being in a band is such a small part of it. You have to be a photo editor. You have to be a... a yeah, a videographer. Like, you know, you got to know about you know, commerce and not getting screwed on merch prices. I mean, that's kind of something every so band needs to do. I do quite good do. out of this. I write the stuff from the beginning pretty much, and then I get with Luke, and then we do stuff. So that's my opt-out for being a dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> so then, it, then Steve then comes in and is like, hey, assholes, I have to do this and this and this. Photoshop? What's Photoshop? So, yeah. We, we've got a similar thing going on is um, a lot of people uh, think that Mike puts a lot of stuff on my shoulders. It's more the fact that I'm so neurotic that I don't let him do it. <laughs> so we get it, to... It, it took all the... It took, it took designing all the all of our posters and stuff. It took that away from me because uh, I'm very colourblind. Yeah. Very, very colourblind. I'm... I'm yeah, very hey, colourful. Like, this is fluorescent green and fluorescent pink. <laughs> we we did the zombie ball that you played at. We, oh, did, we, we did it. At, we did it at the lemon grove. Um, uh, no, no, that's no. a long story. <laughs> that's that's a whole pod podcast yeah, by itself. But the, the last one we did up at the lemon grove, we had Skinjoes playing, and we had a really nice poster done, like with all their imagery and all the other bands on it. And then I stuck the dub, the the triple A's over it and laminated it didn't um, outline it or anything like that and Dan was like it's a really nice design but you can't oh, read what the AAA yeah. say it's like yeah you can it's like no, uh, no, no. you can <laughs> no one else can <laughs> it's the one colour that you can see just stands out on the I thing. mean it's what's your one colour for us and pink <laughs> blues and greens are my blues and greens are your go to my life but yeah so Dan now does all the artwork and colour stuff I mean you just you have to it's it's kind of gone backwards away where like bands had to do almost everything back to minor threat days of making cassettes i know i wish I mean? it was like, as cool no, as that. that's what it is though now like it's in but with 
technology. It's the same shit, though. Yeah. Photocopying and photocopying and photocopying. It's the same shit. We've basically gone back to punk DIY days. And Dude, it's, it if is, you've yeah. ever seen the Joe Strummer documentary, where Joe Strummer, after the clash, is out on the New Jersey boardwalk passing flyers, it's back to that. It's And he's like, you want to come see a rock show tonight? And people are just like... No, no, fuck, yeah, who the fuck are you? And it's Punk. like, holy shit, it's, you know, fucking Joe Strummer standing outside passing out flyers. Like, it's that now. It's not glamorous. And But yeah. but you still get people doing that, which is kind of yeah, weird yeah. to see. When you see people on, like, Venice Boardwalk giving out CDs, like, get the fuck out of here, man, CD. Uh, to be fair, we, um, in the, the zombie ball that didn't happen after the one that we were talking about, we, we tried everything. We'd had um, paid adverts on social media, we geared everything towards it. and finished. Shit. Oh. We better wrap up this Shit. podcast yeah. quite soon. Wait, what time? Literally on in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They've just finished and we have oh, to set up our shit. Uh, I, I think How about we try and catch this up again afterwards? Uh, is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, what, can we no do worries. that? We yeah, for sure. For sure. To be continued. Paul. TBC. Real Life Rockstars Podcast. There it is. There it was. There it was. And how it should be. <laughs> no, just a reminder that uh, this uh, podcast is sponsored by Fireball Whiskey UK and uh, Local Zone Throat Pastels UK. Correct. Um, but yeah, as you can probably tell, we didn't even slightly do a wrap up on that one. It was like, oh shit, time to end it quick. <laughs> everybody, everybody disperse. But they went from giggly podcast to on stage within 15 minutes and smashed it. Absolutely. Grungy um, as fudge. You can swear on this podcast. I know I can. But you're so used to not swearing uh, that... Uh, no, I, I, I levelled up. I chose not to. Mm. Fuck it. <laughs> so... Oh, I feel so naughty. <laughs> so we shouted out um, Ash for what she did after Low Lives, but we saved the shout out for actually Low Lives because, as you said, the live performance was just incredible. I mean, we're, we were so used to seeing, um, you know, Lee center stage uh doing that but with a different um backing uh band and he also like massive shout out to how unbelievably healthy on and off stage he looks these days yeah i mean don't get me wrong i get that some of the defiled makeup probably made him look whiter than he actually was <laughs> the california sun probably helps as well now but he just he <laughs> looks comfortable he looks relaxed and uh, we had a joke uh, um, off air, um, I think, um, at one point about uh, some of the defiled stuff um, yeah. as well. Um, and uh, like, uh, there was um, just various things. And he was just like, you know, um, we, we knew it was coming um, anyway. And he's just, he's just still happy. Like, he's got one of the best grunge sounding voices that I've heard. And I'm not even a big grunge fan. <clears throat> you just weren't there, man. You're too young. No, but I put it to my grunge fan um, friend. <laughs> um, shout out to Mr. Sandman Games uh, on Twitch, uh, one of my best mates. Um, but he's uh, the way that I am about like Kill Switch and um, asking Alexandria. He is about Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins. So he always laughs when uh, I like go. Oh, I've I've got a band for you, and he was like, "But do you though? <laughs> do you actually?" I was like, so when Low Lives came on the scene, I was like, no, buddy, I've actually got, like, a band for you. And he's like, and straight away, he's like, I'm just in love with this dude's vocals. Um, and Live is just, like, it's it's the right point. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pleased as well that, you know, um, he's not completely given up uh, um, the metal course screaming that he learned for The Defiled as well. Like, that that definitely came out live um, a lot. And, uh, 
and the rest of the band just seemed like it's, so it's comfy. A, it's a comfy, yeah, comfy is the word, yeah, and yeah. tight. Yeah, they, for a, a band that I, c- I don't see that they gig a lot at the moment, they seem to have looked like they've been like together playing yeah. for years and years and years. Like, you can read each other's like where they're going to be on stage and stuff because there's a lot of uh, there was one swapping and interacting yeah. and stuff. There was one moment where they both got quite like two uh, got quite close to each other with a lean and then uh, they started giggling. But one thing I actually There's nothing found wrong with a status quo lean man. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I found incredibly um, like amusing um, though was you know that we were talking about um, on the podcast interview um, him like losing a string and having to find his guitar backstage and like yeah. this is raw and visceral. Have you seen his social media since that night where he lost the um, stock for his G string? Yeah. Um, so so well I just won't play with a G string. <laughs> <laughs> this um, but. The thing is, is touring. <laughs> no, but he doesn't want it any other way. That's the most beautiful thing about it. This is why the like the whole, like even if we and uh, didn't necessarily get like the the most amount of information that we on an educational sense. This one for me spiritually was so worth listening to for so many bands out there. A bit like the next one that we have as well. There's certain points um, in that one which I think people really need to listen to. Is that we've covered it a little bit on the show for the twelve years that we've been doing interviews, but. Fame isn't everything. <laughs> Getting out there, even DIY with strings breaking on stage and everything going wrong. Stitches, uh, Lee, sorry, is now having the time of his life. Looks like it. You know, and that's because it is so bandy and just so, you know, um, sort of controlling chaos. Don't just. But it also highlights that there are, there are bands that you can get to a certain level. Mm. Uh, and for a lot of bands, that's getting to that level is the dream. But yeah. If you want to push up to the next level, it's it, it's a hell of a a huge step. Yeah. I mean, we we were listening to a podcast on the way back from um, Southampton last night, talking about how Parkway Drive's uh, success has been thirteen years in the making. Yeah. You know, like these things don't happen overnight. So that's uh, us next year then. Yeah. We're headlining Bloodstock next year. Spoilers. As I said before, <laughs> like, there, there's a small chance that we might be the little Britain of UK press is suddenly <laughs> like go from being in the background of everywhere for 10 years and then like, oh, we're now presenting um, like headlining acts at uh, um, I don't know, fe- uh, festivals or something like that. I mean, I love it. But good content and just keep soldiering on. But again, it's the thing that um, I don't think necessarily people understand about what we do is that, yeah, we wouldn't necessarily have said when we were 15 years old that radio presenting was exactly what we wanted to be doing. But we have so much fun doing what we do. Mm. Um, and the, like the conversations and being able to represent people the way that we do as well, because it's entirely our choice. We're very blessed that neither of our station bosses um, or maybe our third station boss being Mixcloud. Um, uh, n- none of them like get, give us a remit uh, or tell us what to do, uh, partly because I don't think you know a non-controversial show really needs to be told uh, <laughs> do's and don'ts. You're trying to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, mic drop time, I'm going to slam this and walk out. Um, <laughs> but no, because of that, like we don't actually get told what to do. We decide um, what type of interviews we do, both on the podcast and on our radio show and it for us has been a great pleasure to be able to represent um people the way that we have and you know get the message out there which a lot of people have had um, done we've been part of the okay it's okay to not be okay movement uh, because we had a platform to be able to um you know how many memes do you think that we've put up that um, are promoting good mental health now i'd say we're in the hundreds no oh, easily so um, and that's not patting ourselves on the back we're just proud that we had a platform to be able to do that with everybody else like everybody else should be patting themselves on the back if we're going to you know 
So, yeah, um, having interviews like this one with Lee, where he's saying that, um, you know, just being able to come back to the fleece, um, play the tracks that he's playing, that's what he wants. That's him happy. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people need to listen to that and not necessarily be worried about being front cover not necessarily worried about being headlining that that's a great goal and don't get me wrong new year's day was celebrating the fact that they had done that transition from being a support act and we were there yeah. a support act um years ago at the fleece to headlining it that's awesome but it's it be appreciative of what you got i think is achievable my goals yes love what you do and you know so like I said, we're headlining Bloodstock <laughs> next year. 100%. Um, your, your triangle skills need to be recognised by the world. I mean, just I can, straight I up. I blast rang, man. <laughs> blast rang. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is not a pleasant sound. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we should jeer people up before we go then. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think um, I covered everything uh, that we needed to talk about uh, like beforehand we've done a little round up now okay and uh what like two weeks and we'll do another one we'll do the final ever lounge kittens one final ever lounge kittens interview yeah there we go so done and done yes who do i thanks thanks to our sponsors oh yeah um <laughs> viable whiskey uk and uh throat zone uh, pastels uk throat zone throat zone Vocal zone, throat zone, throat zone. Thro I, uh, it's a it's a new company. No, uh, <laughs> vocal zone, uh, throat pastels. I thought that was just one of those specialist websites you look at. <laughs> throat zone vocal pastels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> cool. In that case, toodles then. Goodbye, Z's.